Hello and welcome to jasonnewland.com My name is Jason Newland and this is Let Me Bore You to Sleep. Please only listen when you can safely close your eyes. And please subscribe to this podcast. Well, that's loud, isn't it? Please subscribe to this podcast. So you can be alerted of new recordings, new episodes, new uploads, whatever you want to call it. If you like what I do, please leave a review on my website. Also, if you'd like to uh, send me a gift, please go to paypal.me forward slash Jason Newland and the link is on my website. If you would like to, (laughs) I don't know, just help towards the cost. I'm in a funny mood today, sorry. I'm in a good mood. I was giggling to myself. I don't know what's happened really. It's, uh, at last night I was ill. Well, not ill, ill, but I just was a bit unwell. And um, normally, and for months and months and months and months, and probably a couple of years, I've been sleeping during the day, awake during the night, which suits me fine. I'm absolutely, I'm groovy with that. But last night, I was all, I was asleep all day, but then uh, yesterday, the day before, um, I'm getting muddled muddle up because I'm actually recording this. This is, <laughs> I'm going to be releasing it on Saturday morning. But I'm recording it now. It's about just before 10 o'clock Friday evening. Um, but, you know, sometimes, usually I record early hours of the morning. This is, this, and you can't argue that this is boring. You cannot argue that. That's lovely. That's, it's, God, it's so boring. Sometimes I'm talking and I, in a normal conversation, I just have to stop talking. I just say, like, that was boring. I do apologise. Even for me. And I have quite a high boredom threshold. I mean, you know, I was a counsellor for a few years. You know, (laughs) it sounds terrible, doesn't it? (laughs) I don't, (laughs) I don't mean that I was bored. I'm just, I was going to just backtrack there. What I mean is I can sit and listen to someone rabbiting on for... Not rabbiting on... Forget the counselling bit, but just in life. I've listened to a lot of people talking at me. Um, It's just... I I, I don't know why, um, but for some reason... You know, through my life, throughout my life, people have wanted to tell me their problems and stuff. And I don't think I ever, ever gave anyone the slight inclination or sort of that I was the right person, correct person for them to do that to. But they seemed to do it. I don't know if it was just that I listened. I think maybe that's what it was. It's just because I listened. And a lot of people that did it were older than me. So when I was like, I don't know, a teenager seemed to attract older men. Not, I don't mean in a 
well, that as well, but just generally, it was just, it might have been me looking for a father figure, or, you know, I had, I've got a father, but it might be me looking for um, an older man that I actually got on with, or I don't know what it was, someone I could learn from, it never quite happened, quite worked out, uh, and I've had a few men that seem to like me in a, a more of a romantic way, and that was never going to work out, because it wasn't really my thing, and, but I was, it's really weird, you know, some people like take that, it's like, oh, get really upset oh how dare you want to fancy me I'm not I'm not that way I'm a heterosexual I actually took it as a bit of a compliment it's kind of oh it's just nice to be what hasn't happened for years I can't remember the last time anyone liked me but it was nice I didn't I didn't like it but I didn't hate it you know it's kind of okay I mean, it was a time I wish I was gay. Genuinely wished, I thought, I wish I could be attracted to men because I could just have so much fun, really. Because, you know, I was in London, I could have had the time of my life, but I wasn't. You know, you can't, you know, you can't have, you can't affect your sexuality, unfortunately, because I'd have loved to have been gay. But I'm not. And I used to go to gay clubs. It's not weird to say I would love to, but I'm not gay. But I used to go to gay clubs, but I did. And the reason I went to gay clubs is because um, it's got nothing to do with being in a closet. It was just, I, the atmosphere was a million times better than in the normal nightclub for me, I found. There was no aggression, no, you know, fighting, no, none of that stuff. I mean, I'm not saying it never happened in any gay club ever, because I'm sure it did, but none of the, you know, and I went to quite a few. My favourite night out would be in a, a gay club. Um, the only problem is I'd be going home with my friend or going home on my own, because I wouldn't go in a gay club on my own. But I'd go with a friend or after work. There was a gay club around the corner from the nightclub that I used to work in. And sometimes the the customers would say, oh, I'd meet a couple of people and they'd say, oh, let's, let's go for this. Oh, do you want to go for a drink after work when you finish? And I'd say, yeah, there's a place around the corner. Uh, I think it was a spiral staircase it was called, I think. Brilliant place. Loved it. And there was another one just a bit further up around the corner, the other direction. And that was really groovy as well. And there was one in Stratford that I used to go with Andre. I used to go to a gay club with him. And it was, yeah, just opposite. It might, I'm, whether it's there or not, we're talking a long time ago. Like, night, when I say Andre, not, not, my ferret, my, my son, he's not old enough to be going into nightclubs. And I probably wouldn't allow, be allowed to let him in. And also, 
you don't know there might be some kinky people <laughs> they see a ferret for hmm. so yeah I want to keep them away from any kind of nightclub environment because first of all there's a mixture of people that really don't like him like he's you know and then people that really love him so I think he'd probably get taken away someone would like hide him in their bra and run off and uh, kidnap him so which he'd love he'd, he'd love pretty much every part of that story to be fair because he loves again this is true it's not me being weird he actually I had um, I've had a a couple of I've had a few females um, like friends and, and other stuff like that he's met and the two things he goes for he always and they are breasts he loves breasts but he always goes for everyone's feet doesn't matter child, children men boys dogs goes for the feet for everyone he loves feet don't know why it is but he can't stop himself but with females he's got a thing about the chest area he tries to get inside the bra it's it's a weird you know a couple of women have said he takes just after his daddy he's like yeah thanks and he actually I had a girlfriend and he actually stole her bra he hid it he took it out of a out of a bag stole it and hid it and she left and I found it a few days later and he still got it and he still occasionally um, plays with it so yeah it's it's he's a little perv he is a little pervy little pervy ferret but it's feet that the thing is for him though absolutely loves feet and um, <clears throat> even today I was getting ready I had a bath you know it's my I always have a bath in February and the I was getting dressed so what I do is I sit on the side of my bed here's my here's my routine for baths so I run the bath but, but why why do we call it running the bath by the way I'm not on drugs or anything if you think I'm babbling this is just me but I'm just in a, a weird mood um, well I'm on Prozac <laughs> I'm on medication but not you know, look like uh, druggy drug drug drugs I I got this little routine that I have I imagine everybody has a routine when it comes to bath time to wash in your bits and what I do is I run the bath so I put I put the hot water on first until it gets about half full and I have to have the bath pretty full because I'm so uh, I don't know what the right word is um, fat <laughs> that's the word so I haven't got fat legs I've got quite slim legs um, 
it's just a belly really it's as I thought I've got no idea about me bum I've got no idea it's sometimes I do turn around and people have been knocked over onto the floor but I don't know if it's my bum or if I've like done a fart and didn't realise it or I don't know so I might have a massive massive bum that sticks out like really a long way because I noticed what I noticed is sitting on a bus no it wasn't a bus I was sitting sitting in a chair in this um, room I think it was in the library a few little while ago and my head felt like it was really close to the, the ceiling it was like I was getting static from my hair it was brushing against the ceiling but why has it got such a small ceiling why is it so low and then when I stood up to um, you know, get ready to go I was about six foot away from the ceiling and I realised maybe it's my bum it's so massive that it makes me really high up when I'm on a chair and none of that's true as I walk along I can actually just rest and still sit down and stand up at the same time it's great I honestly, it's it's not as easy to remove as what it was. Not my bum. I might, I might. I don't know what my bum. I can't see it, so I don't care. It's like I've got a bald patch on the back of my head. It's not an obvious bald patch. It's not like like a real. It's not completely empty. It's not like a donut. It's not a hole, you know. But it is. Um. It's kind of the, is it the crown? You know, the bit where your hair kind of mitts together. Mitts, mitts. And there's a kind of like a crop circle kind of thing. I think it's the joint of the skull. I don't know. But it's a little bit there. And I didn't realise I had it until I was filming myself. In the bath, no. I was filming myself uh, doing a, I don't know, a recording or a live broadcast or something. And I, bent over to pick Andre up and all I wanted to do is I, I did the video and I wanted to go back and just have a look at Andre on a video because I like watching him and I noticed as I was bending over by the top of my head there was this big shiny bit <laughs> and I was like oh my goodness so yeah I don't I don't really care to be honest but it's just it's a bit weird I must care a little bit otherwise I wouldn't mention it maybe a well to be fair if I cared about everything I mentioned then I'd be proper worry pot wouldn't I yeah I'm not that bothered I'm going to shave my head probably three or four times a year to the bone shave it completely off so if I was worried about being bald I wouldn't shave myself bald would I so what I would say to anybody, man, woman, child, whoever, if you're worried, if, you, if you've got, really got a fear about going bald, shave your head. Take control of that fear. Shave your head. If you want to. Of don't, don't have to do nothing. You don't, you know. But shave your head. And a lot of people look really good with bald heads, actually. I don't, <laughs> I'll admit it, I don't, it doesn't suit me, 
but um, definitely not scared of going bald that's why I got myself and I was always scared about getting fat that's why I got myself fat I thought I know what I'll do I'll, get, I'll eat lots of chocolate drink lots of beer lots of sugar and I'll get myself fat so that I can just break that fear unfortunately I couldn't lose it again so and that was a lie as well that didn't happen I did lose actually um, lose not my mind my weight the last time I slimmed down was actually last year like two years ago I slimmed a little bit but minimally we're talking a kilo or maybe something like that um, and then I think it was 2010 or two. no actually I was doing Taekwondo back in 2012 11 and 12 so I lost weight then because whenever I do a lot of physical exercise is there any other kind the last time when I do I sweat I mean it actually I have to tell people in the gym that I haven't wet myself you know what I'm saying it is it's, it is sweat don't worry because I do it's almost like I start melting and it's, it's always been like that I don't know if it's always been like that but I think it has even when I was a kid I used to sweat like when I did exercise and stuff um, I'm not a sweater <laughs> like all the time I'm not always like sweating all the time but when I do a lot of like proper full on exercise I do I'll uh, although I had this ex-girlfriend she she was trying to put me down because I met up with what well, I saw her um, just by chance and she was jogging and uh, she said and I, it was a su hot summer's day so I was actually sweating a bit just you know for being hot just basically on my forehead and ball bag and she said um, what she said oh I said to her how come you're not sweating you're running she said no only unhealthy people sweat and she's a nurse yeah and I thought someone that's medically trained should know a bit better than that. So only only <laughs> healthy people don't sweat when they exercise. Okay, right. You go into any gym, any professional gym, they're all sweating. You know, it's like trying, okay. It's ridiculous. You see any professional athlete training, they're sweating. They're not dry. And I said, I was sort of like, what were you on about? It was almost like trying to put me down because I was sweating. And I wasn't doing any exercise, but it was a really hot day. And I was a lot lighter then than I am now. Because back in those days, was it 2005? Yeah, I don't think I ever went over 13 stone. 
and now I'm probably about 15 and a half stone, something like that. So I'm a bit heavy, a little bit heavier than I was back then. And but that, that's strength comes with age, doesn't it? It's just I put on more muscle. Um, unfortunately, it's all hidden under my stomach, that. But there's a lot of muscle there. The thing is, that might sound like, oh, yeah, yeah, just joking around. Yeah, yeah, you got muscle under your, your stomach fat. Which I kind of am messing around. But the, thing, the fact is, your mus- your stomach is one of the strongest muscles in your body. Regardless of whether you think, oh, I'm fat and... Eh, eh, eh. And don't put it down like that. I, I talk about it because I like to mess around. But I only call myself that and I only do it in a sort of jokey way. Please don't ever put yourself down over that stuff because you're beautiful as you are. And if you want to change and get yourself slimmer or if you want to put on weight, do what you want to do. It's up to you. It's your life. Don't let anyone else tell you what to do. That's my advice. Oh, yes. And if you want more of my wisdom, <laughs> no, I don't have any wisdom. Um, so I, I lost some weight in 2000, when I was doing um, Taekwondo. So I, I, generally I slimmed down. So if I start doing physical exercise regularly, and I was going to the Taekwondo twice a week, Tuesday and Thursday I think and I was also like practicing at home um, and I had a punch bag and stuff so you know that kind of helped me to sort of keep yeah, to sort of tone down a bit but what I noticed is it really is just my stomach my stomach reduces and it's other people notice it I don't notice it really, but other people do. Um, and the time before that was when I was doing boxing. And I was doing boxing training in 2009, 2010. And again, I had a, a punch bag outside in the garden. So I was training twice a week. I think it was Monday and Wednesday evenings at the local ABA um, boxing club place. And I wasn't allowed to spar. I wasn't allowed to compete because I was too old. Because I was what, 39 or something like that. So I wasn't allowed to compete or anything. I was allowed to train and that was it. And we still kind of, kind of spar, but not properly sparring, you know what I mean? But they they weren't interested in me basically the the trainers of that club only were interested in the kids because they wanted to, the kids to to fight for the club and you know win medals and stuff like that they had no interest in me I was just I suppose I was just a little cash cow for them you know they could get a lot more money out of me than they did from the kids so I was paying 50 quid a month or something to go there and they gave me very little attention 
which is a shame because I kind of wanted it. I want, you know, I wanted to be included. Even though I didn't, I knew I couldn't compete, but I still wanted to be treated the same as everyone else. You know. Um, but yeah, so I did that for a while. I wasn't the only other adult. There were other adults there, but not many. And it's mainly young. And there was also, there were some adults, but there was, I'd say it's probably 80-20 as far as percentage-wise. And there was loads of parents watching, laughing at me, I think. And it did, I did feel, whether they were or not, I don't know, but I did feel they were. Because there was me, and I had a t-shirt on, and I actually bought the proper boxing gear as well, and I had boxing shorts, Um, I bought the boxing shoes, like proper boxing shoes, Uh, got some gloves, the tapes, Uh, you know, the, the tape you put on your hands before you put the gloves on. For not, not the what you put on when you actually have a boxing match, you know the big plaster stuff, but just the normal um, wraps they call them. But after about five minutes of training, my whole t-shirt would be wet. I mean, wet, like literally soaking through. At the end of the training, I could wring it out. It was that much sweat, which meant my t-shirt it was it was moulded to my body. It took four people to peel it off, so I didn't. And but I was so I'm running around with my belly wobbling around, and my boobies rubbing. You know, I didn't have. I should have put worn a sports bra or something. I mean, so my my nipples were getting proper burnt from all the rubbing. And in the end, I had to tell a trainer, leave my nipples alone. And so I was a bit self-conscious, if I'm honest. Not from the kids or from the people who were training, because they were doing their own thing. They weren't interested. A couple of the kids used to laugh at me, but... Know, fatty belly and smelly belly and you know just those kind of things and uh, I know that was that was the trainers but those trainers I don't know they weren't yeah they're a bit out of order but I felt that the parents I mean nearly every kid there pretty much had their parents watching while they were training because the training lasted about an hour and a half I felt like they were laughing at me so what I used to do is we used to have this thing where we'd run around in circles, um, like around the, the the outline of the the area that we were training in. So as I got nearer them, I'd let off a fart. I'd time it, sort of fart, and because their head level was my ass level, and I used to kind of really let it rip. And I mean, I, I didn't actually like jump up in the air and hold me up, bum open, but you know, I kind of did as much as I could to get them back for laughing at me um, so yeah that was that was a bit weird but the trainer said to me yeah you're losing weight 
And so I did, I slimmed. Now my belly slimmed down. I was training at home every day. I had this routine where I would, because I had weights in my bedroom. So I just, just bought um, dumbbells. So I'd be doing dumbbells for, I don't know, half an hour. And then I'd be on the punch bag for half an hour. Then I'd go back on the dumbbells for half an hour, punch bag, and I'd just do that. Um, I might have exaggerated how long I did it for. I might have been for 15 minutes, then go on a punch bag for 15 minutes. But I do, I'd alternate. alternate. I really toned up. Uh, I felt quite strong actually. It was it was good. I I'd really I love boxing. I just wish I'd done it. Well, I did do it when I was younger, but just briefly when I was at school. I did kickboxing a bit as well, but that was oh man, that was hard work. The, all that stretching, and then I I chose karate and I did that for a few years because that was. I don't know, I was with my friends and stuff, I liked that. So, but yeah, the boxing, that, so I lost weight there. The time before that when I lost weight was when I did Wing Chun Kung Fu. Again, okay, at 2004, I stopped drinking altogether in 2004. Had no alcohol. Before that, I was drinking every single night, pretty much. Um from 2000 onwards to 2000 and the end of 2003 nearly every night and it was weird because I stopped smoking in 1999 December and I put two stone on uh, so I put on quite a bit of weight very quickly which I was surprised about because my metabolism was always really quick, really fast. I was always very slim. And I started off drinking four cans of very weak lager in the evening. And I loved it. Because up to that point, apart from apart from the summer in 2004 when I was living with Andre Andre's the original Andre and that summer in 2004 I was a bit of a, a bit of a drunk for that summer I just, I just spent the whole summer being drunk which is the only time really I've ever done that because we lived around the corner from a local pub it was 30 seconds walk so it's just and they had cheap beer in there they had lock up you know we could just lock in or whatever they call it so we could just sort of stay there all night and go to work the next day <laughs> and I could do it I had the stamina to do that stuff because I was really young I suppose at the time not that I would recommend it but then that only lasted for like two or three months. But outside of that, I never used to drink alcohol. All from my teens. Well, I did drink alcohol, but I didn't... I rarely, you know, it wasn't sort of a regular thing. And in my 20s, when I used to go out, I never had any money. 
so I'd go to uh, for a lot of my 20s I'd go to a comedy club to either perform or to just go and watch the show it was that was my social life comedy clubs was my social life because I knew most of the comedians so I'd just go and just hang out you know I knew the club owners and it was so I travel all around all around London to go to places and most of my money would be spent on travel to get to where I was going you know train tickets and stuff and I'd just order a coke I'd have a, a glass of coke and I could make it last nearly all night all evening just one glass of coke which used to annoy some of the bar staff because I'd be standing at the bar drinking a glass of coke I don't know why they'd be bothered but the um yeah, because I, I was earning about, when I was 20, 21, 22, or those kind of years, I was earning about £100 a week, which is, even then was ridiculously low, I mean proper low, really, really low, It's it was... Um, my rent was £40 a week so I managed to get some low rent and yeah it just wasn't enough to sort of do anything with to go anywhere it was enough to buy food to pay for travelling to get to where I needed to go and to pay for some of the things I need to pay for but not enough to save or to you know I couldn't ever have a car that would have been impossible yeah so I used to I used to make a coke last all night so I kind of got in the habit of not drinking just didn't apart from as I said 2004 and actually two. I'm just going to start saying that I've always been drinking because I'm contradicting myself. Now, two, 2004, and then nothing, and then in 2005, um, yeah, I, I think I only used to drink when I went out. So I didn't ever used to drink indoors. And even in 2004, never used to drink indoors. It was always at the pub or out. So I was never like a home drinker. And then in 2005, I was drinking uh, late in the year. I was getting drunk a bit when I was going out. And... And then in 2005, at the end of the year, I went, right at the end, I went to Butlins. And I spent probably about six weeks drunk, every night drinking, because that was part of the job. I worked behind the bar, and it was just, it was a social activity. It was like work hard, play hard kind of situation. It was a holiday camp, so it was, it was supposed to be fun for everyone, really. So I drank lots then. 
But then, after that, didn't hardly drink anything in 2006, 2007, 2008, I'm not saying 2000, I'm talking about 2005, 1995, not 2005, 1995 is when I went to Butlins. I skipped a whole decade. Um, and so 96, 97, 98, 99, I didn't drink, hardly had a drink at all the whole f those years and then 2000 bang <laughs> I was drinking but just at weekends I was drinking a fair bit sometimes I went through periods where I'd drink you know after party parties and stuff but in 2000 I was drinking every night four cans of lager light really soft lager and it just gave me a buzz and I just oh it's nice it's almost like I'd rediscovered alcohol but it was not secret drinking because I was an adult so nothing's secret is it, if you're an adult you know who am I hiding it from other than myself you know there was no one else to hide stuff from so I just was just drinking And then I kept doing it and it kind of became a bit of a habit. And then uh, in 2001, the end of 2001, I moved and then it became almost necessary. It felt like it was a necessity. So between 2001 and the end of 2003, I was drinking strong lager, not the strongest, not not uh, you know the one that's seven percent. Uh, could never drink that stuff. It's like treacle was horrible. Um, but I was drinking uh, Stella, and then I ended up by two thousand and three. I was drinking eight cans of Stella every night having about five hours sleep, going to work and coming home and having another eight Stellas with a takeaway. And it was that's that was my life. So it's kinda of not surprising I got ill. But since then I had a whole year off of alcohol. Didn't do nothing. Didn't even hardly eat any sweets and I was a vegetarian as well. So I lost I got down to eleven and a half stone. The lightest I've been since, you know, in 20 years. Or in the last 20 years, rather. And then I got a job sitting down in an, off in an office again. And uh, 2005, I started drinking again. And just went back to drinking every night. So I did that 2005, 2006... So I go through periods. It wasn't all every night. It wasn't strong lager anymore. So I didn't. I didn't go back to the strong lager. It was just the weak, weak lager again. 
But what's weird is when I moved in here, I was still kind of had the habit of drinking at night. You know, and I, I always, I never had more than six cans. That was kind of my, yeah, six cans was my limit. I never allowed myself to drink more than six, and it was weak lager. You know, it wasn't strong. It's like Carlsberg or Foster's or something. It wasn't strong. So I moved in here, and I was still drinking even when I got Andre. Because I remember having a can of lager, watching telly. Andre was a little baby, and he didn't he didn't want me to touch him or anything. I I, I did anyway because I knew I had to. Otherwise, I'd never be able to touch him. I have to hold him. And uh, he was always biting me and scratching me and stuff. And then one night, he climbed up my leg. And he climbed, and I was wearing my dressing gown. He climbed up the left sleeve of my dressing gown and went to sleep. And that was when we bonded. That was kind of almost the moment that we, he... I don't know, he came to me, you know, for the first time, instead of running away from me or biting me and running away or, you know, wanting to fight. That was the first time he actually showed that he, I guess, trusted me enough to just fall asleep inside my sleeve of my dressing gown. And since then, we've been best mates. So I was still drinking then, so that would have been probably... October four years ago and something happened along the way and I stopped drinking I didn't mean to I just got bored of it I got bored of alcohol it just didn't it almost like it didn't do anything for me anymore it was it's kind of like it was pointless like, what, what is the point of this activity? I suppose, in a way, it's like being on a seesaw on your own. You know, you need someone else to be on a seesaw with you. I'm not saying you need to have someone drinking with you, but if you... It's... I probably enjoyed drinking more when I was in a pub with a friend. Or with, I remember mean, went to the pub with my, with my brother, and it was brilliant. You know, just the hours just sped sped by because we had so much to talk about and hadn't seen him for such a long time. And you know, we grew up together, so we knew each each other's lives for the first at least the first 15 or 16 years anyway and so we're catching up for the last 20 and that was one of my favourite alcoholic not al- not alcoholic but al- alcohol beverage encounters another one was uh, with this bloke that I worked with and it only just started there and he he was practically blind he was he had glaucoma or something and he was really really like his vision was terrible but he was so funny he was literally probably I would say the funniest person I've ever known 
he I don't know what it was he just made me laugh so much and he didn't even have to do much to do it and he was a lot older than me he's probably about 20 odd years older than me wasn't probably f- too far off retirement or yeah it's probably getting on to 50 if not older I know it's in my early 20s hilarious no aggression and he was he looked like he he was he might I think he probably was a bit of a lad when he was younger but I think not being able to see very well he can't really get into scrapes as much you know if you it's hard to defend yourself when you can't see the person in front of you and he's so funny I can't really explain it but he's it was something about him he had he had that spark that spark of humour that was just so natural and contagious and I, I sat in the pub I only went drinking with him once I worked with him for, with, for a few weeks and it was a pleasure it was just a pleasure working with him and he just had me laughing all day long but we went to for a drink um, I think it was a Friday night or payday or whatever and I could not stop laughing and we were just sitting at the bar and it was just he was telling me these stories and his I think it was the delivery I think it, what it was of him it was his delivery it was um, it tickled it just it hit the right note for me you know I suppose it's, a, it's just it was what it was but it's I don't know what happened to him I don't know where he went because he was I was just a temp he was a temp so you know people come and go and I didn't I saw him and then he was gone and I was gone so I kind of didn't really have keep track with him it was so funny one of the funniest people um, effortlessly funny um, but then not everyone's probably going to find him funny but I did I found him really and he wasn't even rude either he was he could make fun of people but without being it didn't it didn't sound rude if that makes sense he could uh, he could make fun of me without me getting uh, feel insulted it's almost like I'm going to make you laugh by making fun of you it's like and it's funny it's like how can you not laugh what was his name Ray his name was Ray I remember what he looks like and everything He's, yeah, he was fully, I reckon at the time, probably maybe the same height as me, maybe a little bit taller, maybe a little bit shorter, twice as wide at that time, probably not now, but at that time I was really skinny, so he was big, stocky bloke, um, but he's just so funny, anyway, I'm probably, I don't know, I can't go on about it, because it is boring, isn't it, talking about that stuff. And then, but for some reason, the last few years, no alcohol. 
and I've tried and I tell people I do try and uh, drink alcohol and they think I'm lying like I'm just saying it to be funny or something but I have literally tried to drink again I did it again the other day I bought um, what did I buy I bought a bottle of Jack Daniels I think it was at Christmas I think I thought well I'll have a Christmas it wasn't a bottle it was half a bottle of Jack Daniels yeah, it was, so it was a small bottle but it was still I thought well yeah that's going to last me for weeks because even if I do drink I only drink a, I can't drink much and I bought four cans of lager so I didn't I ended up not touching the Jack Daniels I had one can of lager I drank half of it I went to bed for a few hours so I got up so it completely zonked me out I poured that away because it was warm and stale or whatever got another can out of the fridge opened that up and um, I did drink the whole of that over about five hours and then the next day I had one glass of coke with some Jack Daniels in it and I didn't even finish the glass and I went and just basically I gave it to my friend I said here you are you can have this I gave him the two cans of lager and the bottle of Jack Daniels had at least 90% still of the alcohol in it you know compared because I'd only took a little bit out because I just didn't see the point or it's like, I, can't, I just can't drink but I wanted to I bought some wine um, this is yeah literally a wine about two weeks ago one bottle of wine and the reason I bought it is because the, the farmer's the garage didn't have any Cokes didn't have there was like dry of everything and I thought I'll just have I'll get a bottle of wine I used to drink wine so I thought yeah I'll have a bottle of red wine just one cheap bottle of red wine it's like £4.99 or something treat myself why not I had one glass and again gave the rest to my friend downstairs I just I just can't drink it I want to say my friend downstairs not the one that just died my, my other friend and he's it's like I just it's it's pointless I, I want to be able to drink some wine or just you know a little bit I don't want to go back to how I used to be um, but just have a little bit but it's just yeah it's almost like I'm allergic to it now and I got four cans of lager today in my weekly shop so I went to the I went to into town took some pictures of the sky as I was waiting for the bus posted it on Facebook because I forget to look up sometimes I do if I hadn't looked up I wouldn't have noticed how blue the sky was 
I mean, I'm talking, I, I, I looked. In every direction, I took a picture of three directions. You know, if from the distance and blue sky, as far as my eyes could see, not a cloud. And I was on the bus, and the only, the only colorations of the sky throughout the whole journey was plane trails, you know, the smoke trail things from planes. Blue sky everywhere. I don't remember the last time I saw that. Not even in the summer. Where was that blue? That clear of any clouds? And rather, well, maybe the clouds were just really blue. Maybe they were camouflaged. Trying to trick me. So I took a few pictures and I put them on Facebook. Just, uh, it's quite a boring picture to post really, isn't it? <laughs> uh, well, I suppose some people post pictures of their meals that they haven't, don't they? So I think I can take a picture of the sky. That's okay. Yeah. So yeah, I went to, I went to uh, get my weekly shopping. And I thought, you know what? I'll get four cans of lager. Uh, Foster's, I think it is. And I got the delivery at, I think it's about quarter to seven this evening. And I unpacked everything. And I put one can of lager in the fridge and the other three I've left it on the counter because um, there's not enough room in the fridge to sort of have everything in there so I don't put stuff that I don't need in there so I thought put one in there to, you know, to cool it down and I can honestly say there's not even one part of me wants to open that can of lager does not appeal to me at all and this is the only time in my entire life that I felt that way not, well, I mean, right this second, but like recently. Even when I didn't used to drink, you know, sort of early early twenties and stuff, I still have the occasional lager. Still, you know, occasional, like buy a four pack or something or some bottles every now and then, every few months, have a have a couple of lagers while I'm watching telly. But. It's weird, I don't know what's what's going on. It's very strange. If only I could have that same allergic reaction to chocolate. <laughs> I would lose so much weight. Or if I had that reaction to sitting down. No, I've got to keep walking, got to keep, keep moving around. I'd lose weight there as well, wouldn't I? Wow. Never know, it might spread might spread so I can no longer drink Coca-Cola I can no longer drink uh, any fizzy drinks although I've got a new thing now I've got a new <laughs> milkshakes these little cartons of milkshakes they're monkey monkey something I think they're called monkey madness or monkey milk or something they're tiny little cartons really small with straws and I got a pack of three well it was two packs of three one was banana 
and the other three were um, chocolate. So I got the chocolate ones delivered, and they were in the fridge, in in the shop. So I got that one delivered, but I took the banana ones with me, and I started drinking one as soon as I got out of the shop. Honestly, I think I'm pregnant, but not. I don't think that the milkshake impregnated me. I mean, I think that the the urge that I had to drink that milkshake was stronger than the urge I've had to do anything for quite a while. I was compelled. The only thing I wanted to do was have that. I wanted that in my mouth. I needed to be, I needed to suck on that straw. I just needed to, I needed that. I needed the contents in my mouth, it's weird. Just looking forward to that banana taste of that milkshake. Because I've had them before, but not for ages. It was almost like the most beautiful taste in the world. And I don't get it. It's like just a milkshake. And then when I got home, I had another one. And now, as I'm talking about it, I want another one. I could probably drink all of them, you know, one after another, which wouldn't be a good idea. It'd be a little bit of a sugar rush, I think, on that one. So I won't be doing it, but I love milkshakes. Really, really love those milkshakes, particularly. Maybe, maybe it's because of my aversion to McDonald's milkshakes now. And even thinking about McDonald's milkshakes makes my teeth itch because of the the new straws that are made of cardboard. Makes my teeth itch just thinking about it. Seriously, it makes me feel... I can't. Unless I manage to get myself a straw, maybe some kind of metal straw or something that I can buy and take with me, I can never order another um, milkshake from McDonald's and I can't be the only one that feels that way can't just be me that doesn't like wet cardboard in their mouth and that's what happens to the straw after not too long either it doesn't last, the straws aren't very good but they've had really rubbish straws in the past as well You know, I've been a McDonald's um, straw sucker for years, you know, 35 years or whatever. And sometimes they had a time when, because I'm sure they used to call them thick shakes, didn't they, McDonald's? Let me just check that. In my memory, milkshakes used to be called thick shakes, not milkshakes. Now, some people might say, nope, you're wrong. And I would say, might be. But I think I'm right. And the reason I think I'm right is because I don't like being wrong. (laughs) Unlike everyone else. Who who likes being wrong? I'm just going to put in the word thick shake. I bet you... Thick shake. 
thick shake. Thick shake. Okay. Oh, maybe they didn't. Oh, yes, they did. Yes, 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 they did. Ha, ha, ha. So I'm just having a look. McDonald's used to make thick shakes. McDonald's shake, milkshake, chocolate. Uh, best way to do that is if I put in menu and I put in images and I wonder if it's, a menu is going to come up with the word thick shake McDonald's McDonald's chocolate shamrock shake I don't remember that McDonald's adds four new chocolatey shamrock snake flakes to the menu. McDonald's, McDonald's, golden French fries, triple thick. Ah, oh, look, this is an original McDonald's menu, and it said, uh, "Wow, can you believe this? Pure beef hamburger, fifteen cents." Tempting cheeseburger, 19 cents. Triple thick shakes, thick shakes, 20 cents. Golden French fries, 10 cents. So, see, I was right. And here's another one. McDonald's. Yeah, triple thick shakes. So it is a, actually a nutritional chart as well. So, see, I remember they were called thick shakes. Large, yeah, McDonald's large triple thick chocolate shake. I don't remember them being called th triple. And the shamrock shake, I don't remember that. This is, yeah, they were thick shakes, see? That's a bit of uh, knowledge you might not have known. I just remember stuff like that, I don't know why. I remember, well, the thing is, I remember the first time I ever had a thick shake, or the first time I ever even entered McDonald's. Remember the first time I entered him and um, entered the the shop, the fast food place. I was on a school visit to London, so I wasn't living in London at that time. And we were going to London to visit religious establishments. So we went to. Uh, I think we went to a mosque, a synagogue, a Buddhist centre, and a church. I think a Catholic church. 
I think those were the four places we went. And it was a school trip, day out, which was brilliant. It's just always good to get out in it. And we went to McDonald's. Like the whole of us, all of us went to McDonald's. I didn't have any money to um, buy burgers. I think I had to actually borrow money off someone to buy a milkshake. And it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever had in my mouth. It was absolutely delightful. It was heaven. It was either strawberry or banana. I think it's probably banana. I've always liked banana. Um, It's always been my favourite fruit, really. It was so nice. It was really... And those in those days they had straws that were proper straws and thick straws. Not only were they thick straws, but the thick shape was so thick you really had to suck hard to get anything out. Those were the days, you know. Um, it was proper sturdy. It was almost like cement, I suppose but not like cement I've never tried to suck cement through a straw Um, maybe you have but I haven't and so I don't know if it's a good analogy but it was so nice as far as flavouring goes it's probably exactly the same flavour as what you get in any milkshake but it was the texture because it was thick, it was creamy, it was cold, ice cold. It's like oh, and it was a hot summer's day as well. And I'm making that bit up. I don't know what the weather was like, but it was lovely. It was oh, oh really was nice. And that was the first time because I didn't have a McDonald's where I lived. Didn't have one anywhere near where I lived. Never, ever been in one before. And the next time I went in one was probably 1986. So that was probably about 1984. And then the next time, 1986. And that's when I had my first actual meal in McDonald's. I use the word meal very loosely, but you know what I mean. Um, Yeah. don't know what it is about milkshakes I l- always liked milkshakes the wimpy always liked milkshakes yeah I did have milkshakes at the wimpy when I was a kid but it wasn't the same you know they were nice but they were a lot thinner they were more like like traditional milkshakes you know milk flavoured and the thick shakes were basically milk with ice cream, weren't they? Sort of mixed together. So although the wimpy ones were nice, tasted nice, they weren't the same. But now I think the the wimpy do more more sort of traditional thick shakes. But I think they still call them milkshakes. 
wonder if anybody else remembers that they were called thick shakes. Am I the only one? wonder if anyone else has enough time in their life to think about stuff like that. Or am I the only one? Am I the only one? So before I go, and this is what I was going to speak to do at the beginning but I didn't do it at the beginning so I will do it now is um, I want to say a thank you to a couple of people um, I want to say thank you to Vicky who sent me um, $30 um, on PayPal thank you very much that was lovely of you and our message was thank you Mr Newland I actually listened to your whispering recordings and just uh, saying that they calm her down she listens to the deep sleep whisper ones that's brilliant thank you very much for that and also a big thank you to Andrea who sent me £7.40 and UK pounds as a PayPal gift so that was beautiful thank you very much both of you it's uh, it's very generous and it's very kind and I really appreciate it so that I do believe I do believe is the end of this here recording so I will be here again on another day Probably tomorrow, which will be the day after, kind of. So I'm doing this today, but I'm going to post it tomorrow at midnight. So the next recording will be Sunday. Apparently, we've got a weather warning that it's going to be possibly 80 mile an hour winds they were talking about it for a few days on the on the TV so I've got I've got everything I kind of need here so hopefully I won't have to go outside if I don't need to and Andre doesn't seem too bothered about going out for a walk at the moment he's quite happy just and he spent I think nearly all day on my bed asleep so I went out and when I came back I just you know got undressed but I don't get undressed when I go in but I took off me um me underpants you know I, don't, I, I wear different <laughs> I wear I've got me I've got me best underpants that I wear for when I go shopping and <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying this I took my trousers off and put me me um, tracksuit bottoms on that I sort of lounge around in. In I found I've got like five pairs of really tatty tracksuit bottoms that I just and the ones I got in now it's got a hole in the bottom and the back rather. So I literally it doesn't matter which way I put them on, I could still use them. I could still <laughs> could still wear them and. Um, it might have been caused by a particularly heavy farting spell. I don't know. I just burnt the stitches down. Melted the stitches, causing a hole. I don't, I don't know. 
but um, I was doing that anyway and I looked over and Andre was just asleep lying on his back his little hands pressed against his face smiling and he just looked so cute and he didn't honestly I was sitting on a chair on the bed rather putting you know getting some clothes on and just moving around did not even notice I was there could not care he was away sleep happy as anything and he stayed there for hours and hours and hours till yeah probably about 6 o'clock 6.30 and I got home about 12 so he was there for about 6 hours he did get up at one point to go to the toilet so um, I dare look at the t- <laughs> I was kind of thinking oh, I'd rather him not jump back on my bed straight away but hey here you go so I think he's on the bed now actually he loves that bed he has like a king size bed all to himself and he's tiny he loves it it's one of his favourite places I know that if I wasn't here that's where he would be all the time in that bed he wouldn't be anywhere else he wouldn't be in his bag he'd be on that bed because when I get in the bed sometimes sometimes he'll stay there sometimes he'll have a little cuddle other times he'll just look at me and say what are you doing it's my bed you again oh. and he, he he jumps off with a huff sighing and he runs out and comes into the living room he's like well, what are you doing on my bed that's, that's his attitude uh, anyway thank you very much for listening and I'll speak to you very soon so take care of yourself and remember to be kind to yourself because you deserve to be happy lots of love bye